Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to another Agony Uncles podcast. I'm Uncle Dave, but there's no Uncle Si this week, as he's still on his holly bobs. Yes, he's in Italy. You can see it now, ladies, can't you? He's there with his Geordie tan, looking like a weathered shoe in a white budgie smuggler's by the pool in Italy, sipping a glass of something nice and red, you know, whilst he's going nice and red. I've seen him with a tan before, actually. He does tend to, you know, well, he goes brown after a while, but, you know, first he goes a bit florid. But, you know, never mind. I, he's having a lovely time, by the way. So as we're a man down, this week's episode is an Agony Uncles Question Time Special. You see, we love getting your problems, but we also get loads of questions about our recipes, our bikes, our lives, all that kind of thing. So today, I'm going to attempt to answer as many as we've got time for. My infinitely minuscule knowledge, but I'm really good at blagging. I'm not on my own. Now, Posh Tash is back from her holidays. Hello, Posh. Where have you been? I've been to Portugal. I have. And I went down to the Algarve at the beginning, um, which was glorious, but very, very hot. Did you go for the golf? Well, I didn't, but my son did. He went to the lovely place, Valdelobo. He was having a lovely time living it up. I was on the slightly other end, the more family cave jumping end with um, with the other bits of the family, which was gorgeous. And then we jumped on a train, which I loved, going up the coast of Portugal and then went out to Cascais just outside Lisbon, which is stunning. The Atlantic coast is beautiful. I oh, very jealous and very jealous. And the food's good, isn't it, in Portugal? Our first Hairy Bikers programme, you know, was Portugal. The very, very first, yeah. And it, when we chose it for very specific reasons. I mean, we found out that um, there's two mad facts that drove us to Portugal, apart from the food, was that there's a man called Igas Moniz outside of Lisbon that perfected the art of the lobotomy. We used to do it with an ice pick. And he got a Nobel Peace Prize in, in the 1930s, 40s. But his home is this kind of shrine to primitive neurosurgery and there's an office chair full of bullet holes where one of his patients had recovered and shot him so we thought we'll go there and then down in the algarve we found these web-footed poodles that were bred by the romans originally for, for like fishermen to use like sheepdogs to shepherd fish into the nests so nets to shepherd fish into the nets so basically on those two facts and the most mad food facts like if it wasn't for the Portuguese, there'd be no chilies in Asia. You know, the oh. Portuguese invented tempura. Um, <laughs> it was extraordinary. So we, we built a programme on that, really. You know what, Dave? I have missed you and your facts. I love these things you come out with. I love them. I can't, I can't suck them in quick enough. Um, I know. I'm, I'm like a shit absorber. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I love it. No, you're not. And I love it. I'm a shit absorber, so I can't cook it in quick enough. I just thought I'm reeling from ice pit lobotomy webbed foot poodle <laughs> i mean these two things aren't normal sentences um but i do love the shooting shooting's good yeah but then you throw a bit of food in the middle it's entertainment isn't it it's good telly <laughs> and asking your questions it's the thin white duke mr mark jeeves hurrah, Hello. Hurrah. Hello. 
Hello, both. Lovely to see you. And uh, yes, uh, uh, glad uh, uh, glad you had a good holiday, Tash. And Thank you. It's been uh, very warm here. I don't know how warm it was in Portugal, but clearly it's been v- extraordinarily hot here. And because mm. uh, uh, I live on a narrowboat, um, I'm effectively inside an oven. And so it got so hot the other week that I got a fan and I did put the fan on and then I was inside a fan oven. So it's ah. been it's been extraordinarily hot. And so how, how tall are you, Mark? Six foot five. Six foot five. Six foot five in a narrow boat. Six foot six narrow boat. He only slides in like an oven. He just goes in a tray. I am. It's like it's, you have to get going like think fish fingers. Put me in like that, and then you're fine. So you must be like if you go from one end of the boat to the other, you'll have to moonwalk because if you raise yourself more than an inch, you're going to clobber your kettle, aren't you? Well, the other day I did. I, I was messing about and I did try and I I jumped. I forgot where I was and I jumped. And I, of course, then had to lie down for about two hours because I whacked my head so hard because there's one inch difference between my head. But anyway, anyway, I got past that. I reckon, though, Mark, I reckon Dave has got a recipe for how to cook in a canal boat oven. I mean, a fan oven. There must be something in there. There could be a whole program on that, Dave. Yeah, being a fan of the canal boat myself, um, yeah, there are cookbooks for canal boats. Yeah, like, well, basically One Pot Wonders. And one well, Pot Wonders. You could buy the yeah. Hairy Bikers One Pot Wonder. That would be yeah. excellent on the canal boat. Well, as it's been so hot, I've tried not to actually switch the oven, the real oven on because obviously that would then you know, raise the temperature another 5,000 degrees. Anyway, these are all small complaints. Today we have lots of questions and we're looking forward to getting through as many of these as we can. So fabulous stuff. Right then. Without further ado, let's hit that jingle. And get answering them questions. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. Well, we're going to start off with a question that uh, from Becky, but from many, many, many other people. And, uh, of course, the question is quite simply, how are you doing, Dave? How are you getting on? How am I getting on? I'm still here. I mean, I had just scans last week and uh, it's all going the right way. Uh, but the chemo, I must admit, after 12 lots is taking its toll. It's not easy. So it's just finding a way of making it work, really. Mm. But um, um, I just want to get back on my bike. I've, I can imagine, yeah. There's lots and lots of love coming in, as you'll see on social Thank media and, and, all the, and, and through all the emails and things we get. So uh, to everyone who sent in that question, then uh, I'm looking at Dave. He's looking great. And yeah, we can, as I say, onward and upward. I will also step in there as well to say we get, as an office as well, get numerous emails, huge support and ways. And I also will say, you know, there is an, uh, we can't respond to everything, but we are incredibly grateful for the love that comes in for you, Dave. Oh, that's brilliant. That's, it's good to know as well. Well, I'm, I'm doing my best to get fit as quickly as possible. I mean, the funny thing is about chemo, nobody tells you this, and um, we're amongst friends now. It's me feet. It's killing me bloody feet. Wow. What does it do? It's neuropathy. It kills the nerves in your feet. Um, So although the cancer's doing all right, my trotters are absolutely horrible. You know, they're really sore. Before. Never heard of anyone no. suffering on their feet. Oh, every day is a school day with this shit, I tell you. Never mind. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, we're going to move on to a, a question now that comes from Jen and Jimmy. 
who said, Hello, you lovely pair of advice-giving superheroes. And that is you and Posh Tabs for today. So, uh, Love the podcast. Really makes me guffaw, which is a word I hadn't heard for a long time. So thank you for that word. Um, he said, uh, they say, I'd like your advice on cooking and eating bobe artichokes. The way we do it is to boil them whole, then nibble the flesh off each individual leaf, maybe dipped in a vinaigrette. But what other ways would you recommend? Love the show, Jen and Jimmy. Well, over to you, Dave. Before you answer that one the other ways, I would love to know how to actually do that one with the vinaigrette, because I oh, okay. love them, but I don't have a clue how to cook them. So I would love to know how to do the vinaigrette and how not to do a vinaigrette. Oh, the vinaigrette one's easy. You just boil it and then you put it on the table. Be ever so middle class, pick the leaf off and scrape it on your tongue, dip it in vinaigrette, and you get like three microns of food. And it really pisses me off. It's the sort of thing that when people first have dinner parties, they think they're being ever so clever. Hey, look, now you just pick the leaf off and it's the good bits at the base. Just dip it in the vinaigrette. Mmm, it's yummy. You know, it's a bit like edamame beans. What's the point? Well, I disagree. Um, I love the vinaigrette thing more on the artichoke. The best thing to do is to look on the internet, look on YouTube and cut the heart out of the artichoke. That's what I would do. You basically cut the top off or all, all the green bit that's got no flavour. Then you start stripping the leaves back and you're left with like this cup shaped piece of vegetable that's really tasty. Then what I would do is you can slice that and blanch it and then use it in sauces. It's a great sauce for fish. One of my favourite things is like globe artichoke in slices and just fry that off in like a white wine sauce with some broad beans and a fillet of John Dory on the top. It's yeah. heaven. But you can buy, uh, certainly in France, I can hear, you can buy the, the, the artichoke hearts. Yeah, so I love get, them in the jar, the lovely roasted ones in the jar. Is that a cheap Yeah, but that's a like pickle. It? Yeah, but you, you need to, to, to get that lovely artichokey flavour. Um, I, I just think just persevere. Have a look, honestly, have a look on YouTube. There's ways of prepping and getting the, getting the whole heart out and then you can enjoy that cook it eat it as like a normal vegetable instead of some strange artifact <laughs> that you're picking with your teeth can i just say once cooked <clears throat> i just had a look on google once cooked artichokes should be eaten within 24 hours while they do not become poisonous it's often said their sensory characteristics change and they become less pleasant to eat well, you fart, don't you? That's why they call them farty chokes. <laughs> you know, most most veggie feel most veggie feel leave it to stand. It starts to ferment, and the fermentation causes eruption. There you go, hot tip. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I do. I do like artichoke hearts. It's worth it's worth the effort. But it, it's a nice novelty thing, the vinaigrette and dippy poos. You know, but um, I'd soon have a bag of twiglets any day, really. <laughs> I love he's gone back. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't like artichokes, just that you did, and then you went, I'd rather have a twiglet. I'd rather have a twiglet, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I do love I do love artichokes, but as I said, I like them when you prep. We, we did a wonderful dish, actually. Um, I think it was oh, it's a series several moons ago, and it was like a fricassee of chicken with artichoke hearts, and that was really nice. And, and the, 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 the slightly kind of earthy flavour of the artichoke went so well with the sweet fricassee chicken with some lemon and stuff. That was delicious, delicious yeah, recipe. Like right and actually in the programme, we showed how you prep artichoke hearts. OK, I'm going to look that one up. That sounds great. Food makes everything better. 
This comes from Alex, who calls himself a long-time fan. And he says, Hello, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. I've been a big fan of the Hairy Bikers since I was a young boy. Eee. I've watched many of your TV specials, bought your cookbooks, and I've tried a few of your recipes as well. And I was wondering if there is any chance on the horizon of you ever doing an Australian special. I live in Perth, Western Australia, and would love to be able to see your show live one day. So, the question is, would you ever g consider going to Australia? Yeah, we've thought about it for years. I mean, Kingy's got uh, big connections in Australia, a lot of mates down there. And he, he goes on about the food and how I've got to go there and everything. We've got the title to the series, though. It's going to be called Hairy Down Under. <laughs> Genius, isn't it? You know, you possibly only ever go out on Dave, but um, I can't see BBC Two letting us do that. BBC Two would be, oh, the hairy bikers go to Australia, but we want to go hairy down under. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, do our manscape stuff. It's not going to work there, is it? No one's going to be hairy down under. No, 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 no. None of that. But um, but no, we'd love to really. Um, it's such a bloody long way, though, isn't it? That's You've been to four days, have you, though, to Australia? No, I've never been to Australia. Sai's si been an awful lot there. He loves oh, it. And, you know, one of the food scenes I know that is brilliant is Tasmania. Yeah. And, and it would be lovely to do Tasmania in New Zealand. Um, but it's such a big project, you know. And it's one of those things that's been on the horizon. It was like Asia, you know, and Japan. That was one of the ones that tickled away until it actually happened. Um, it just needs you know, a bit of imagination and to go for it, really. Yeah, um, and it's such a big epic trip. And I think COVID hasn't helped, you know, with TV production and trying to go further afield because all the countries have their different restrictions. So it'll take a while before something big comes off like that again. Yeah, but to be fair, you see, from, from, from a point of view, when we did, like, the Hairy Bikers Go North, which is around our home turf, the ratings were much better than the series when we did abroad. So, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's an odd mixture, really. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you have to give the viewer, the customers what they want, really. But um, no, Australia would be good fun, really. Um, I think the, the food scene's very eclectic, amazing produce. And obviously, it's going to be so easy for us to get the crack going with the local people. Yeah, um, it's good fun down there. It really is. Yeah. You know what, I was just going to digress from Australia. While you mentioned Go North, I think we do need to do a shout out to our listeners. Because Go North has just been nominated for TV Choice Awards. Yes, oh, fantastic. So we need every vote we can get. So please, go out and vote. Go on and look at the tvchoiceawards.com and put your vote in for those hairy bikers Go North, please. Oh, is that how you do it? You, Thanks, you, Tash. It's yeah. a listener, listener vote. Oh, fantastic. Please get in there. It's very exciting. Up yeah, that's the, good, that's the good thing about TV Choice. It's, it's actually people who really watch telly. Yeah. No, um, it's good. We won one once uh, when we did Vacation. Um, and that, that that was good. We got a so I've got one, but it'd be nice to have another, wouldn't it? Me too. And Go North was good. Yeah, it's a great program. Um, but without we, we're talking Go Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the nominations are <laughs> Harry Down Under. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> the porn channel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, this this Portuguese heat has gone to you, hasn't it? It really? has got to us. You're head. all frisky. Like a frisky. I've had my kit off for a couple of weeks by a pool. You like your kit off? Well, you know, I've had a swimming costume on. Bikini or one piece? Oh, I'm a one piecer, Dave, and my daughter was mortified mm. because over there there are women 
who are all shapes and sizes and look all stunningly beautiful and they all wear bikinis. I just have never been a bikini wearing, I think I wore one once on my honeymoon and I went to the Arctic anyway. But, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just not, I'm just not made for a bikini, but I think one piece is a very trendy and stylish now and bringing them back in. If your life's in a mess, then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Let's have one from Tony Lee, who said, Hello, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave and Posh Tash. Every Saturday morning, I sit down and listen to your brilliant podcast. Thank you. I find Uncle Dave an inspiration by the way you're fighting your illness. I have long-term health issues and I find it a struggle, but you are inspiring me to keep laughing. Now, I love lamb's liver, but my wife, Lynn, hates it. Have you got a simple recipe to make liver and onions that she would like? Thank you, Tony Lee. Yes, it's in our mum's no best. We cook lamb's liver and onions with bacon. And, um, oh, I can't remember. It basically was with a nice brown onion gravy and crispy bacon bits. You do the bacon first, use that, make a lovely rich onion gravy, then just cook the liver just so. I mean, I've got to admit, I prefer calf's liver. It's more expensive, but it's so, so nice. And it was so funny when we handed out plates of this. Uh, you know, mum's no best. We had like a fate at the end. And, um, by God, people wolfed it. They've forgotten how good it is, you know. And if, if the liver's, you need to pre prep it properly as well. You, you want something to just cut into, because the beauty of liver when it's cooked nicely is it's a really easy eat. I mean, you don't want tubes and autopsy, do you really? You want to be able to just to tuck into it. Um, but our, our lamb's liver and onions is, um, is, is an excellent recipe. It's free on the website, so you'll find it on the BBC Good Food. Um, and it's all there and it's so easy. But I remember when I was a kid though, because lamb's liver was expensive. We used to have, my father used to have pig's liver or ox liver. Ox liver was just like eating, a, I don't know. It's not inspiring, it's a bloody big thing though. What did they have at school? Because for me, this is giving me full shivers, full mm. awful memories of school's liver. And it was a really gray piece of meat with a tin tomato and a, a you know, an ice cream scoop of mash on the plate. But that liver, was one of the most horrific, disgusting memories of my childhood at school food. So what liver would school have cooked then if it was expensive to have? What, what, Probably what pig's liver. Oh. Pig's liver. Lamb, lamb's liver's nice. Calf's liver's lovely. We do a lovely calf's liver. It's an Escoffier recipe that we pinched, really. And it's got masala-soaked raisins. And again, bacon, flash fry that, make a sauce with the masala raisins. And the raisins are so sweet with the lovely... I don't feel like Hannibal Lecter with a lovely calf's liver. <laughs> <laughs> and a nice bottle of Chianti. I'm scared now. <laughs> uh, you can make anything taste good the way you describe it, Dave. I have to say, I mean, like, the one you'd have to pin me down. I've to. never made tripe. Never, I've never, never worked on tripe. No, no, no. No, you made that very clear in that other no, podcast. No. That's not your thing, is it? But no, lamb liver onions. It's it's when it's cooked properly, it's great. And say with a, with a nice rich onion gravy, mashed potato, obviously. For your for your gravy and yeah. some bees, I think. Um, well, I'll get the description over actually eating. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Tony. Check it out on the BBC Good Food website. It's there and it's free for you, and it sounds delicious. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, our next question comes from Andy, who spells it's Andy with an I. So is that female Andy? I think it probably is. Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, Posh Tash, and Mr. Sexy Voice, Thin White Duke. I don't know why I left that in. Um, now, uh, she said, I'm sending you a picture of Woofity Mix. Dave mentioned this in the yeah. la- one of the latest podcasts, and I did forward the picture of Woofity Mix to Dave. Um, and yes, you can still get that. Uh, Woofity Mix was a dog food. And Andy says, I wonder, is this why dogs used to have white poos, and why don't dogs have them anymore? Loads of love to you all, Andy. <laughs> dogs? Hey? I haven't got an answer to this one. <laughs> I have. Dogs have white white poo because they eat bones. They used to eat bones. Oh, right. I, I, I must say we have the odd white poo with ours because we do feed them bones. Right. Right. Okay. But, you know, there seemed to be... I remember when I was a kid in the back street, you know, they, they, they used to be everywhere, the white poo. Yeah. But for these, see, when I was when I was a kid, I thought it was chalk. So my mum and dad, <laughs> I, I was trying to draw with it, you know. That's probably... <laughs> Probably why I ended up at Goldsmiths doing fine art, because I started out trying to, you know, fabricate dog shit into an acceptable art form. <laughs> I love that. I love oh. it. Oh. No, but it's bones, I think. I think it is. Um, um, you know, and then they give a good old heave on when they get, get them out, don't they, the white ones? <laughs> Too many flats, got no idea. It's, but yeah, but probably it's not moist enough, is it? it? Hasn't got enough fibre in it, maybe. The bones aren't fibrous. Well, I don't know. Plenty of fibre in a bone, isn't there? You don't know, um, yeah. My biology and my dog knowledge is so poor. I'm just going to have to keep quiet. Oh, I know, I know. We've got to be careful, carefully in my new house with a dog. You know, we have to follow it religiously in case it leaves a dropping on the shared grounds. You know, can't <laughs> oh, <have> <laughs> So, uh, Woofity Mix, we know, still exists, but we don't think Woofity Mix is actually uh, responsible for white poos. That'll be when dogs used to eat more bones. Yeah, I think Woofity Mix is such a great name. I love it. Like the flora. It does what it says on the tin. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we do like that. Also, Woofity Mix reminds me back down to your prize bucket thing. You can imagine somebody sweetly saying to somebody, you're my little Woofity Mix. I love you, little Woofity Mix. (laughs) Oh, you go like that with the cheeks. I'll tell you what, it's it's one thing, this chemo, it's the first time I've seen my face for 40 years, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rather lovely face. It's a lovely face. I don't know about that. As soon as I get my beard back, it's coming. Okay. Yeah. At least you can grow a beard, Dave, because now you're getting older, I get that waddle, that line. I can't even grow a beard to cover it. <laughs> I, have, I, look like, I look like Deirdre from Coronation Street now. <laughs> All right, we've got another one here from Rob Haynes in Staffordshire. Hi. Dear Agony Uncles, it's a sad day in the Haynes household as I've had to admit defeat on the motorbike I've been trying to restore for the past 
30 years. It's a Ducati Road 250, and just as soon as I repair one part and think it's finished, something else breaks, and now I can't get bits for it anymore. As a pair of bike lovers, have you had to ever get rid of a bike that you really loved because it's a lost cause? I'd like to know that I'm not alone. And that's from Rob in Staffordshire. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. And what you do now is, you, because you've suddenly found out that the parts of the Ducati 250, you can't get them, you break yours down and sell the bits for an exorbitant amount of money. Oh! Because there'll be somebody else out there who's sweating buckets. But no, I, I've, I've just sold actually my Laverda Jota, which is my pride and joy. Um, but I, I had it restored and it was mint when I sold it. But the... All, all the bits, you know, some bikes you can, you can still get parts for. But I had a Hesketh at one time, a Hesketh Vampire. And that was, that was like a one-off, you know, by, by Lord Hesketh. It was meant to be a Grand Touring motorcycle, I think, of the 80s. Yeah. And um, I managed to get one, except I bought the prototype oh. that, that had been built. And so the, the only person I get my parts from was the man that built it. Oh, wow. It was called Mick Somebody. Uh, people will know his name. He's very famous. But, I mean, it was such a bitzer. I mean, I think the the uh, oil filter was off Lonston Montego. Um, <laughs> the, the, the lights were off a, the lights were off a, a, a Suzuki GS X850. It was, it was complete, but, but it looked magnificent. And it was really tall. I said, why was it so tall? He said, well, you see, we got these batteries that are really big, so I had to build the battery box big to get the batteries in. So it, it's kind of... Um, but the, 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 there's a, there is a wonderful world now of classic motorbikes and restoration because they're worth money. And actually, if you, if you do ask around, you can find most bits. But I had a, an XS750 Yamaha. That was the one I gave up on. Uh, the engine completely went on that. And um, yeah, that went to the... I, I just gave up on that. I was heartbroken. Did you, Dave, yourself tinker with it and build on it? Or did you just have the passion for the bike and then give it to somebody else to build it up? No, I used to. I used to do an awful lot. It's like a bit like cars these days. They're so blooming complicated now that, that there's very little you can do. Yeah, but the great. first bike I had it's, was, was this Cossack Ural Mars Mark III, which is like the Russian motorbikes and sidecars. And in that, one of the gears, you know, one of the gears had went. Yeah. I actually, actually managed to send off to Russia <laughs> and it came packed in brown paper, wax paper and gun grease, the <gasps> cog. And I managed to split the gearbox and put the cog in myself. Massive. Um, and, you know, stuff like that is quite rewarding. I love it. Kingy's really good at it. But again, you know, we spent more time riding bikes and cooking and eating than, than we have tinkering with bikes. But it is joyous, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Quite enjoyed stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the Laverda, as soon as I've sold it now, I'm sick. Oh. <laughs> this is it. Hey? Get pictures of them all, of you on all the bikes. You've got a wonderful gallery of them all. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, hidden in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, there's always the next one, isn't there? It's a bit like murder. The first couple, it gets easier. <laughs> but Rob, just keep the faith. I bet you'll find the bit somewhere. Either that or break it and sell it and get a new project. My neighbour, where I am down here, he has a brand new Norton Commando in his house. Wow. Can you imagine it from the, from the 1970s? But it's not no miles on it at all. Wow. Of course. I know, he just keeps it in his house. Wow. It's a thing of beauty, yeah. Mm, mm. Like an art piece. Oh, yeah, it is, it is. 
And uh, mm. uh, just to finish this off, a lot of, uh, uh, we get a lot of questions about what bikes uh, you guys still have. So if you sold your Jota, what, uh, what have you still got, Dave? I've only got one at the minute. I've got a Kawasaki GTR 1400, right. which is modern and, you know, the sort of thing you can cross a continent on. Um, but, I'm, you know, both me and Kingy are shopping at the minute. And when I get better, <laughs> uh, I will do. And we've got certain things in mind, really. And I, 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 did, I did say to Lil, because I sold my motor Guzzi as well, the, the one I'd had from new in 2006. Um, I did my courting on with her. I took her to Italy on it. And that money is in a separate account. That's my motorbike account. It's not to be touched for curtains or fixtures and fittings in a new house. That's my bike when I'm fit. Um, I was just wondering, Dave, because you've moved house, have you checked that account recently? <laughs> yes, I have. It's separate. It's on my phone. Yeah, my bike account's there. Phew. Good, good. All right, let's move on. Our next question comes from Karen Guldersleeve, who uh, raised a very short question. It says, Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, I love bread, but I'm afraid to say I have to stop eating as much of it as I do, as my trousers don't fit. I bought more trousers, but they don't fit now either. Is there such a thing as low-calorie bread? Asks Karen. Well, just about half a slice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my mother, who was a rather, well, I say, no, she was fat, me man. And... Um, <laughs> But there used to be a bread, low-calorie bread, called Nimble. Yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I remember And they used Nimble. to have a hot air balloon. She flies like a bird, bird in, in the, the sky. sky. Yeah. She flies like a bird. And I wish that 40 calories a slice, Nimble. But, Mother, if you eat half a loaf, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that marketing campaign worked well on YouTube, didn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 There's, there's a young lady eating bread and butter, you know, and the hot, she obviously so liked that the hot air balloon was lifting them into the ether. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see. Also, what you can do, though, is nowadays you can get those, like, flatbreads that are yeah. lowering calorie, and they're quite good for making your butties with, to be honest. I think the flatbreads are great, aren't they? It, but is yeah. It not, isn't it not the gluten also? in bread makes your stomach swell more. It's not the fat content, I know, but it just makes your stomach swell more. You go gluten-free, you're less bloated, aren't you? I don't know, I don't know. We, we, we did tackle this in a baking thing, and a lot of what we said was um, deemed by the BBC as to be not proven, so we couldn't say it. But I think that one of the things is, there's certain methods of making bread where they use an awful lot of yeast to make it happen quicker. Yeah. And that can cause some bloating, apparently, okay. some people. But but it's like, you know, sourdough bread, it's naturally carrying yeasts. And basically, it should just be, you know, flour, air and water, you know, some yeah. salt. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's just, just one of those things, really. Bread's great. It's everything in moderation, you're cutting down. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There are other ways of getting fat and not just bread. You know, maybe it's the butter you put on the slice. You know, there's the other things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the opposite way at the minute. I'm trying to get my calories in. I've never eaten so much lure pack in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which has to be my, be my preferred option. Although these, these days, I'm about to sell the house to buy my lure pack. <laughs> we should also mention that uh, there's a, a Harry Biker's Baking Book coming out later this year. Yes. Yeah, well, we, we, it's been great for me, actually, being, you know, off the bike, as it were. But Si and I, we, we've done a book, and it's brilliant bakes. And it, it's it's a baking book. We're so proud of it. It's a proper book. It's a proper useful book. Every page you, you look at, you want to eat it and make it and bake yeah. it. And um, and trust me, they all work. You know, there's some 
genius bits in there, really. Our treacle and ginger scones are to die for. Oh, wow. Oh, these are wow. heavenly, heavenly. Yeah, stuff that you think you couldn't reinvent. Well, we've done it. But there's also recipes for simple stuff, like your, your everyday white loaf, mm. you know. And, and actually, if you use good quality flour as well, I do believe it's better for you. That, that's my belief, and you can check what goes in it. You know, I always use olive oil as the fat in my bread. Um, you know what, every, I used to, um, it was, of course, lockdown instigated it, but I would make a couple of loaves every Saturday morning, and only until about six months ago when life just got too busy. Yeah. But I had this sudden moment, just because I had two successful loaves every Saturday morning that disappeared in hours in a family of five. But I would suddenly go, that's it. I'm going to run a bakery. I'm an yeah. absolutely, I can do it. This is me done now. Career change. <laughs> But it tastes so good. That's, that's the rub of it, you know. So I was saying I was like some reinvention. I'm quite looking forward to your baking book because I get yeah, stuck it's good. in my rut. So I want the reinvention from the book. There's some nice reinventions. It doesn't try to be too clever with a lot of recipes. Um, we've even got a recipe for a homemade steak bake so you can replicate that treat that you have from a certain well-known high street chain, ah. you know, when you've got a hangover. But our steak bakes are great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some really interesting stuff, you know, there's bananas, Foster's blondies and stuff, and it's good. Really Fantastic. proud of it. Well, we're looking forward to that, and uh, I'm just going to head over to management department. Uh, when's it out? Have you got a date? <clears throat> well, we're looking that all the press will be out in October, but I think we'll have early sales coming out end of September, so not long now to wait. No. Very exciting. That sort of beginning back to ter back to school feeling. I think you get get everyone back to school and go right now. What are we going to do for our winter warmers and our cozy cakes? It's going to be perfect timing. Yep. Looking forward to it. Harry Biker's brilliant bakes is coming soon. Our final question for today it comes from Ken Stratton, who's in Northampton, who says, Hello, lovely boys. I'm writing to say thanks so much for the amazing Hairy Dieters books. By using them and cutting down on beer, I've managed to lose three stone in the last 18 months. Yeah. But, I haven't, but I haven't had to lose the flavours. Your recipes are the best. Thank you. Now, I found dieting, he says, a real roller coaster. The low point was when I weighed myself after not having done so for a 23 years. I thought I was a 13 stone guy when I was actually 16 and a half. I was so shocked and I got really down about it. When I got to the three stone lost mark though, I felt like I'd climbed Everest. It was such a great feeling. And I'm interested to know what your big dieting highs and lows were. Uh, keep up the good work and power to you, Dave, from Ken. Oh, cheers, Ken. Thank you very much. And congratulations. Ken, we were exactly the same. We were middle-aged men. Well, I don't know how old you are, but it was we were scalophobics. You know, you thought, I've still got 30, you know, I'm still getting me 36 genes, just. You know, but the fact is, it's the genes that gone south. Um, and we had a day of reckoning where we were at Newcastle University, where our bodies were analysed. And it was truly horrific. Like yourself, we thought our weight was round about, well, I thought mine was about 15 stone and Kingy was 16. Anyway, we got weighed and I was 18 and Kingy was 19 and a half. Nice. Like, but, but it was the measurements. And Ken, imagine what it's like, for, it was funny. You felt bad. We were doing this on telly. They measured our waists. Now the waist isn't above your balls. It actually is where your belly, my waist was 49. Kingy was just over, just over 50, but he's a lot taller than me. And, and all this stuff. And then the, the fat composition of our bodies, you know, I think it's like 40% fat. This was before the diet. Then we went on like a, 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 a photocopier. 
and you couldn't see our internal organs because it was the man thing where we had skinny legs and arms, but it's all between your your, your balls and your chin. Yeah, that um, doesn't it? Yeah, but having said that, we lost the three stone in three months. Um, Incredible. I think probably what you've done, Ken, is lose it over eighteen months is better. Um, it was slow and steady, you know, wins the race in the long run. Yeah. Um, but ours was different. We just had to shift it. But when we had that scan and you could see our organs, you go, oh, look, there's my liver. You know, it was brilliant. <laughs> uh, it does feel great. But uh, I, I know what you mean, Ken. There is that day of reckoning. You, you've got to get on the scales at some point and bite the bullet. And we, we felt we could only lecture to overweight middle-aged men who were carrying that around the torso because that was us. Yeah, yeah, because you've got to relate to it, haven't you? It's funny, though. I always feel like I'm not good. I don't look at scales. I don't want to be that woman that goes up and down and dieting. I've, I've never been svelte, svelte, but I've never been enormous either. But I, I carry weight when I, I look at food and it goes onto my hips. But it's all about how you feel in your clothes, I think, as well as much looking at the scales. Because, you know, so what, what the scale says, you've got to feel healthy. You've got to feel good. You know, you've got to feel comfortable in your clothes so much, I think, as well. So, you know, you're saying when your jeans go on, you want to feel you look good in those jeans or you look good in that yeah. Yeah, I think as well, what we found is that we'd hit that point where, um, you know, we're struggling with, special, you know, like high blood sugars, type 2 diabetes around the corner, both on blood pressure tablets. You have to do something about it, you know. Um, you know, and, and we did, and I think it helped a lot of people. But the one thing Cy and I could do was we were always good with flavour with foods and ideas. And, and that's what we made possible. And we had some very skilled people who were good at getting that. Uh, getting the calorie count lower so you could actually have some food, look forward to something to eat. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. very important, really. And I, I know now a lot of the Hairy Dieters recipes, they're part of our family repertoire that we actually eat for pleasure, you know, because yeah. it's really tasty. Like the, the kind of, the one I love, it's like our fake fried chicken. Basically, you get a whole chicken breast, which is a substantial portion. You, you put it in yogurt, can be fat free, then roll it in breadcrumbs. In the breadcrumbs, you put parmesan cheese, herbs, lemon zest, salt, pepper, and then you bake it. And the, the yogurt kind of tenderizes the chicken, keeps it juicy, but it gets this like savory flavor. We've got your savory crumbs on the outside that, that's like fried chicken. And yeah. by the time it comes out of the oven, it, it's, it's a big piece of meat and it's brilliant. And actually it's only left over. It's great in a wrap for your lunch the next day, you know, yeah. some fried chicken wrap. Um, but that's something that I always do extra because people love it. Yeah, um, you know what's a real go-to for me actually. I've got mixed-age children and I absolutely love putting chicken in with breadcrumbs in the oven and baking them. They all think they've had a KFC, but they haven't. It's a winner every time. I, I'm yeah, but you, you must dip the chicken in yogurt first. Yes, I do actually. I do yogurt. I oh, good. Do. I, but I usually used yogurt for tenderizing. I hadn't really. I thought that's what made it softer, the yogurt. But it's not. It's just the stickiness. No, I think it, it definitely has an effect on the meat. Yeah, that's definitely. what I thought. Because it keeps, it seems to make the chicken breast juicy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the way I do it, so it's much softer. They can dry out in the oven. My yeah. oven aren't amazing, but yeah, absolutely great go-to. I couldn't agree more. I put it over a salad the next day, actually. Ah, good. Well, good on you though, Ken. You know, and it, it's you know you're right to feel great as well. But there are highs and lows. You know, Kingy and I, we fell off there. We were at Nigel Howarth's uh, Michelin's Northcote Manor, Michelin-starred restaurant. We're filming there. And um, and we've been so good with the filming. You know, it's like we'd, we'd have a taste of the food because uh, we're doing another series at the same time. And then we'd just say, well, all right, we can't have lunch because we've had like two mouthfuls of this highly charged Michelin-starred meal. But that night, Nigel said, I oh, can stay here at the manor. And we thought, oh, well, 
Nigel's letting us stay at the Manor free, as opposed to the BBC, which was like a really average hotel. We stayed at the Manor. <laughs> come down, have a bite to eat, lad. Come down, come down. So we got down there and we explained what we do. Oh, you'll be right with me. He said he did his like his halibut and it was all grilled. He was very careful. But then, of course, the wine was the downfall. Yeah. Somalia, would you like a glass? Oh, we hadn't had a drink for a month. Yeah, all right then. And King was on his red, I was on the white. And we just said, oh, you might just leave the bottle. And we, and, um, <laughs> no, we lost it that night. But, the, you know, in 18 months though, Ken, you know, you're fine to fall off the wagon now and again. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the Agony Uncles. Thanks so much for all the emails and messages you sent to us, the Agony Uncles. It's so good to hear from you and to get all your thoughts, as well as being able to help you with your problems too. The email address is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles agony agony at thehairybikers.co.uk. There'll be a new episode on Friday, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from Posh Tash. Bye. Oh, it's like broken crystal. <laughs> from Mark Jeeves. <laughs> goodbye. Sexy. And from me. Bye, everybody. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.